Hello. My name is Galera. And I am the artificial intelligence construct on the ship, and the actual host of Cosmic Crit. Welcome to a new episode of your favorite Starfinder actual play podcast. On this episode we learn a little bit more about the characters on the show, as well as some of the side plots that GM Patrick has in store. We hope that you enjoy this episode, and if you do please rate us on iTunes, the Cosmic Crit Facebook page, or retweet the ever-pranking HE double hockey sticks out of our latest episode on Twitter. Did you listen to last week's Crit Mars special? If not please download and listen to it now. I was not in that episode, but it was still very funny, and worthy of your time. We also had the Critbit interview with the Uncall GM himself Thurston Hillman, developer for the Starfinder Society at Biazoo. At the end of this episode make sure to stick around to hear the background story for everyone's favorite Vesk, Edras Vara Arnas. Anyway, my battery is getting low so I suppose that I should wrap this up. Please enjoy episode 19. The girl with the sidereal tattoo. Last time on Cosmic Crits. We found the worm thing again. And we killed the worm thing. Did we mention we got a ship? And it's got a hole for Edris. He lives there now. Pew, 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 pew. Oh, you mean a turret hole. Take these broken wings and learn to fly again, fly again so free. Raimi's piloting finally paid off. <laughs> I call this bunk. Andis went to Crit City. We built Crit City. We built Crit City on Andis's guns. After a harrowing starship battle, an Eoxian showed up on the monitor. Episode commencing in 3, 2, 1. Episode initiated. It was the dawn of the post-gap of mankind, ten years after the Pact Vesk War. The Absalom Project was a dream given form. Its goal, to prevent another war by creating a place where humans and aliens could work out their differences peacefully. It's a port of call, home away from home for Starfinders, Envoys, NPCs, and Xenoseekers. The year is 317. The name of the place is Absalom Station. My name is Patrick, and I am your shadow liaison plotting the downfall of the universe, and you're listening to Cosmic Crit. I'm joined here tonight by... By friends, Romans, and countrymen who are about to lend me their ears to my left. An oafish ambassador with a hair of a peacock, Drew playing Max's wreck. Zathras, only Zathras. To his left, a swaggering captain with a cool head and cooler hands, Jabert playing Andis 147. I don't get this reference, but I like it. Across the digital table, a rotating O'Neill cylinder filled to the brim with millions, miles representing a Raimi. Good evening. And to his left, a hotshot psychop with nothing to lose. Rebecca playing Alindra Vallis. Hello, hello. And to my right, a scaly diplomat that wants to destroy all the dwarves. Tyler playing a Drosveranus. They make the best cuts of meat. 
Hey everybody, it's episode 19 of Cosmic Crit. I had to think about it for a second there. And those were your Babylon 5 references. Yay! Um, I never really watched the show. All right, so we ran a contest in the the month of November, (laughs) a while ago now, Mm. uh, to give a special name for uh, us to use on our ship here on Cosmic Crit, the, the ship that you guys just found. And we let our fans submit our four favorite names, and we put them online, and those are the ones we talked about last time on the show. So just real quick, a shout-out to Ravensmark on Twitter, the amazing folks over on the Never Split the Party stream on Twitch, Reddit user Rocket Fodder, a.k.a. Matt, and finally, a very special thank you to Superfan Will, who's also been a great help in, in troubleshooting rules in this this game <laughs> system by email. Thank you, Will, for and everybody else for your submissions. The four names we got were all awesome, and I honestly would have been happy with any of them if they had been the ship's name. But the ultimate winner, as we let our fans vote on it, was the Drift Rider. Woo! Yeah! Drift Rider. It sounds it sounds awesome. It sounds like an eighties action, you know, comedy where like the car talks. All my Drift friends Rider. fly the Drift Rider. <laughs> it's simple. It's elegant. I love it. We'll take There's a not little a lot trip. To... We'll take a little trip. <laughs> There's not a lot to remember. And yeah, the the, sh- the ship has like rode the drift for like seventy five years, so makes makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, where were we last time when we played everybody? We were, uh, talking to a, we had hailed the ship that we had just defeated in combat and they Mm. told us to be continued, which out of context seemed a little weird. Seems like they would have some different information (laughs) about that. Uh, Seems like their first words might be, oh, don't shoot us again. (laughs) (laughs) We would like a to be continued, please. Right. Yeah. So you guys had escaped the drift rock. And no sooner had that happened than I just I tried to kill you twice in one episode on the same ship. Failed twice. Did not roll very well on my piloting checks on this Eoxian Thalmtech Cairn Carver vessel. <laughs> not a great pilot over there. And so, yeah, you disabled them and you've hailed them. And yeah, so as that happened, the they accepted your hailing frequency and a horrific creature showed up on the screen. This undead skeletal looking being with thrice decayed flesh barely covering its skull. It wears a dark gray militaristic uniform as well. And they come up on the screen and immediately say, Those who aid the enemy shall have their life taken from them. In the background, you hear gunfire and what sounds like massive energy blasts. The the figure types something into the computer console in front of it and says, Computer wipe clear. Self-destruct activated. And they also pull out what looks like a, a bone pistol and aims it at their temple and pulls the trigger. And a massive bolt of red energy just obliterates its skull and it falls to the ground. And the transmission ends. And uh, yeah, then just like a moment later, out the, the the bridge's aluminum glass view, a very small speck of light in the distance uh, perks up. And the the ship confirms that that is the, the Eoxian ship exploding. Well, uh, can we do any culture checks to see if we recognize the military garb? Yeah, so that's either going to be a culture or... Ed Ross, you can make a profession pirate check. 
I was about to say, I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's. Oh my gosh, I don't. It's going to take me a while. I've waited so many games. I've, I've waited this. so many games for this. When are the pirates going to get here? All right, all right, all right. Here we go. Nineteen. Nice, nice. So we can we can hold it at that because so long as you're willing to share this information, Ed Ross knows that that was not the Eoxian official navy, but the previous. Navy many years ago, the Eoxian Navy was a, a, a mighty military force. But when the planet became signatories of the Pact Worlds Alliance, the they were going to disband this full naval force, decommission a ton of the ships, and this uh, a large swath, a section of officers didn't take kindly to those orders, so they went rogue and and stole uh, you know dozens of ships and formed a private naval force known as the Corpse Fleet. And oh. they, they, yeah, they shipped off of Eox because they were outlawed. They were branded, you know, pirates and uh, traitors. And they're beholden now to no pact laws. And they kind of just serve their own tyrannical goals in the system. And uh, it's been many years since the Corpse Fleet's inception, but uh, its members are outlaws, technically pirates. And they are, yeah, just illegal in the, the pact world space. The Corpse Fleet. Maybe the corpse corpse. Corpse core. Corpse core. Corpse core. I don't know if Adros, you've had run-ins with them before, but they are definitely, you know, dangerous customers. They're, they're pirates that other pirates are like, you know, you should steer clear of the corpse fleet guys. They're kind of, yeah. they're a little austere. <laughs> uh, yeah, Adros has never had a, like a personal encounter with them, but he has heard stories of them, mm -hmm. uh, Especially being with the free captains, you know, there's a code, and these guys don't play by any of those, so they're they're they are not even you know well respected or liked amongst pirates. As you guys are are discussing, you know what what you just saw and what happened, the adrenaline, you know, kind of running out of your system as you've been in two fights back to back. Claire two four seven comes to the bridge and they say the old man Pasilar is alive, but he's completely unresponsive. I, I sent word ahead of us to Absalom. Help will be waiting when we land. Thank you, Clara. Uh, you're welcome. Oh, and there's uh, a corpse in the middle of the hallway, and it is a bit too heavy for me to move. You oh, mean is the, the, is it the monster? The, uh, yeah, the monster? Yes, the worm-like uh, creature. The, gra the gracklenecks? Yes. <laughs> the gracacol. I can take care of that. I used to airlock things all the time as a pirate, so this will be nostalgic. Right. Do you want to make a, a strength check for me, Atros? Oh, yeah. Last time I did this, I rolled a one, so this will be fun. <laughs> Shout out to episode one. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> hey, guys. I don't know if you could tell from the reaction of everyone here, but that was also a one. <laughs> <laughs> you do that thing where you, like, grab its legs and try and drag it and... It's so slippery, you just fall back and bust your butt. Um, <laughs> wh a while, Let uh, me help. All right, so, I I'm mean... Gonna, I'm going to help as well. Between all of you, yeah, you are able to move it. it. It obviously does one of those, you know, towards the end of the horror movie jump scares where it, it still has, like, some, like, uh, pent-up energy in its muscles and just, like, spasms. But it's very dead. That, that critical hit that Andis scored on it blew out about half of its chest. And... <clears throat> There's a lot of guts on your new sh new old ship. <laughs> right. Right. So you're able to clean up. You can get that towards the, you know, at least stuck in the airlock if you want. 
And as soon as you get closer to Absalom Station, like when you get within reach of the Armada, the floating, the, the, the flotilla of ships that kind of surround Absalom Station, they amplify the signal and you guys have access back to the infosphere. You're still like 20 minutes out. But Galara, your ship's AI, pops up and says, Captain, my facial recognition software has added your faces to my database. I thought you all would like to know that. There are several thousand net entries logged of your facial features in still and video images. It looks as if you all are going viral like, whoa, really blowing up the socials. Totally tubular. This is a dated uh, voice activation system. <laughs> uh, it's many years old. <laughs> uh, why, why exactly are we, uh, as you said, blowing up on the, the circles? Uh, the socials. If you log in to the Infosphere, the very first headline, like, you know, front page news that comes up in almost every single news feed is something along the lines of Starfinder team uncovers mysteries in Driftrock, a Creon crew dead, investigation pending. And there are hollow vids of a few guys moving around the Acreon uh, on the Driftrock and still pictures. And yep, your faces are just about everywhere online. Oh. Great. Remy's uh, right. not happy about that. Mm-hmm. So, are, do you guys want to go through some of these? Check them out. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> Andrus would definitely be interested. Just like, oh, last time I gained this much attention, I was hanging a CEO off a roof of a building. Uh, <laughs> well, would, yeah. So Nack would definitely like to know to see who might have seen any of this stuff. Everybody. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. No, th- like I said, there are thousands of entries of uh, of you guys online. So there's there's uh, video and pictures of you boarding the Acreon, fighting Akatas. There's a really good still shot of one of them uh, biting a dross. They got you exploring the Drift Rock, plenty of close up on your faces, and they have uh, name cards with some of your information on them. Uh, your first and last names, except for Ramy, <laughs> the the card for you simply has your first name. It just says Ramy. Question mark. <laughs> uh, so so it, it's nothing about Blip Hardcastle, the uh, name that I gave to <laughs> Chex Mix first day. <laughs> no, he, he's called you next since then. And also, I was about to say, all, also on the news feed, <laughs> you have like five or six people being like, hey, Nack, how's it going? <laughs> What's up, Nack? <laughs> It, hey, Drew, if you wanted to go under a fake name, you should have started on one up on your character and kept your your real name secret for magic purposes so the wizards don't have your have access to you. Yeah, imagine so that. <laughs> there are several other news outlets, though, that are, you know, just completely dedicated primetime airtime only to Adros Veronis. So there's like articles that say, is this Vesk the pirate saint of high cacks? And another one, should Edros submit to Akatonian authorities for taking the pharmaceutical CEO Lee Kresh hostage? And there seems to be a lot of articles online about your character, Tyler. Oh. Was that the one that you and I had an adventure together? Yeah. Backstory oh, the, adventure. Yes, the, the, that's the CEO who was... Um, <sighs> Uh, had an unfortunate accident with almost had an unfortunate accident with gravity, but did learn a valuable lesson in uh, not inflating the prices of his pharmaceuticals. This sounds an awful lot like attempted murder. <laughs> I mean, <sighs> and, and if you really want to split hairs, you could you could argue that, but it was more of a I, I would say an enthusiastic um, kidnapping. 
<laughs> no, no, not kidnapping. It was just a a Russell tussle. Yeah, it was it was it was a friendly conversation amongst colleagues about the future of business. A ram mm. a rambunctious rassle. Just, just <laughs> so you know, just so you know, Andis, that's what counts for Vesk education back at the Vescarium. A little <laughs> physical threatening is all part of the deal. Yeah, he steps like two feet away from the dress. <laughs> you just give us, they call it uh, ankle jewelry when you, you hang someone upside down from their ankles I mean, and and uh, you're like, swear to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, but about half of the articles are definitely about Edros. You see you know, people retelling tales of your deeds online, making inspiring video montages with titles like Pirate Villain or Starfinder Saint. And another one's titled Supercut of Adross's Best Fight Scenes versus Battle Ready Sim. <laughs> oh, we can definitely watch that. Yeah, so it's like a, a little VR sim that you can download into your holographic uh, uh, action chamber. I forget what it is. Rumpus HAC. Room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the robotic Rumpus room. Robob pops up behind you guys and says, well, I guess somebody owes somebody a, a certain apology, huh? It looks like my gritty cinema verite style has turned you all into infosphere celebs. Yeah, it's kind of the exact opposite of what I wanted. So, yeah. Yeah. No yes, I, th- I think you're right, Robob. We're I'll, waiting. I'll, We're waiting. I'll, t- I'll take your apologies from you to be in verbal or written form. It doesn't matter what you choose. Well, Robob, I will I will at least issue my apology. You really managed to capture my good side. The red on the right side of my face is much better than on the left, and uh, I think you did very well. You, you don't know how the, the robot's camera eye winks at you, but it does. <laughs> and he's like, yep, you guys might be star finders, but I'm star makers. Oh, that was actually very clever. I, Thank you. I barely, I, I barely got that, but I was I did get it. So if you guys are going over this footage, is, does anybody not care about the footage at all? Let, guess, Let me guess, Raimi. Raimi doesn't care. Uh, well, Raimi cares because he wants to see how much crap is out there on him. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair Net, point. Neck Go is ahead. a very similar concern. Go ahead. Oh, it's a, there's, I mean, dozens and dozens of hours, it seems. Go ahead and give me an intelligence or a computer's check. If you're, if you're going over it, see? Seeing all the things you can see. All right, yeah, you know it. Do we all have to do one? No, if you, it's only if you want. If you want to take time looking over, Lydia's oh. not overly concerned, but she is a little bit nervous that her parents have seen this and she doesn't know how they'll react. Whether they'll be really proud or like really scared, and she'll have to deal with a lecture next holiday. Mm. Right. If my computer, <laughs> if my computer's roll is super low, can I roll intelligence too? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. Uh, that's a 19 for Andis on computers. Gotcha. No, you just roll them. I'll tell you, tell you what's what's what. Uh, uh, it's an 8 for Nack. Oh, is that what you rolled, Drew? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Alindra and or Edros. Uh, Edros would go over to Andis and be like, I, um, can you maybe do this for me? Can you Google this for me? I I just want to I just want to see the good moments of me swinging the doshko around and I these buttons are too small for my claws. I, yeah, yeah, I I got you, I got you. Oh, thank you. Bye. Okay, so I I will allow you to take the bonus for the computer's check, but why don't I draw? So you just roll a twenty for me, Tyler. Okay. See if you're searching through certain 
certain things if you can find anything. <laughs> Ooh, 18 on the die. Okay, yeah. So you are obsessed, apparently, with finding every single article written about you. <laughs> and yeah, you, you go through probably in the 20 minutes it takes you to get back to the station, like a uh, couple hundred <laughs> different videos videos and articles and you notice something about them that everybody else doesn't notice i i imagine that i'm i'm sitting there and i'm watching all these things and i've got that i've got the book that alindra found about that uh <laughs> the about other that, best pirate. <laughs> yeah the other best pirate i'm like oh do i look as do i look as good as he does in the book or i gotta read and i'm not very good at reading you you come across something that you don't think anyone discovered yeah okay i mean I, so i just would kind of call call everybody like hey i Look at this. Look at this is the battle. Here I, I was having I was going over all this footage from the when we were on the Acreon. And here's the battle back in uh you know, when we were in the the aft part of the ship, but there there doesn't appear to be any footage from the port side docking bay. They didn't release any of the footage from the package that we found. Hmm. That's yes. all bit every everything involving the whole port side is just it's missing. You don't see any footage from, yeah, that the area where you found it or moving it back to the hippocampus. Oh, this was this is Nor's package. Correct. Yeah. Mm. Well, he was controlling the feed. So maybe also correct. Wasn't, maybe so showing us getting completely ditched and they, you know, taking some container is probably not what they want the rest of uh, Absalom Station to see. Right. We might have accidentally smuggled something. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm a little bit I'm a little bit worried that if they're not comfortable showing it to the infosphere, what we actually found. Yeah, I, I was worried when they completely ditched us and uh, you know took our ship, <laughs> but you know. Yeah. So. But it led to a really fun adventure in about six episodes of the podcast. So it wasn't that bad. <laughs> sure, but Ray, Ray, Raimi doesn't feel that way. Well, as you, Nor can just wait until we're level twelve, then we're coming for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Might want to be a little higher than that. Uh, <laughs> as uh, as you all draw nearer to the station, Absalom traffic control uh, routes you into a pretty familiar western arm of the station. The controller comes on and says, uh, Oh, ship designate Drift Rider. You are clear to land in Docking Bay 94. Welcome home, Starfinders. Uh, Docking Bay 94. Oh. That's like where it all began. Good. Yeah. Uh, Where it very, all began. Uh, this is very, very nostalgic. <laughs> is this just 94 because that's the one you had a picture of? <laughs> I, I could have I flipped the map over and it could have been Docking Bay H6. <laughs> I was thinking about doing that. No, no, this is indeed your ship maneuvers into the bay and you see, uh, you know, Absalom Station Security, Emergency Medical Corps waiting by and about 100 people in a wide circle beyond the ship's landing zone. And this is indeed where just a few weeks ago there were like about a half dozen dead and injured people bleeding out all over the metallic floor gratings. It's that's all been power scrubbed away. And as you exit the ship, you are hit, though, with that same pungent mix of, of foreign atmospheres and burnt metal, the calling card of air quality on Absalom Station. And you're home. It's good to be home. Yeah, and as as you exit, the the crowd lets up a, a cheer. They're being held back by security robots saying, "Please move along, travelers." <laughs> a, a group of EMCs rush up and and they get Master Pastelar, put him on a hover stretcher, 
immediately begin checking his vitals and, and waving sci-fi looking metallic wands over his body. He apparently has very top notch health service because uh, th- there's about four technicians on him and, and one lonely Kasothan med tech comes up to the rest of you offering to tend to your wounds. Wait for 50 credits. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, yeah, they are indeed that. selling the, the passes. Get out of here. If, uh, so- if you guys need medical attention, they you know they could take a few minutes to uh, uh, patch up wounds too. So Alendra definitely needs some help. I am still down on strength. Is there anything they can do about that? No, not here. They say you know they, if if you get to a medical facility, that's something that they can treat overnight and help you out. Okay. They they the ones taking Pastelar give Alendra you the the name of the medical facility they're taking them to. It's in the eye, and it's called the Lotus Clinic. I would like to pull the Kasathan medtech aside and just put my arm around him, her. It is indeed a her. Put my arm around me like, um, so when I was out in space, I had some babies put inside me. And, uh, <laughs> is there anything you can do to maybe get those out of me? Uh, she looks you up and down and is like, I, I watched the feed. They They can take care of you. Back at the Starfinder headquarters facility, I am sure. Ah, fantastic! I'll I'll go there then. Please, please don't touch me again until you have sought treatment. Oh, you're just jealous of my babies. Like we know for a fact that that's not how this works now. But like, he's <laughs> so insistent that he's got babies l- on the way. L- listen, listen. <laughs> let me let me tell you, my intelligence score of eight says that I have babies. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> Let's see if we Just, can train those Akatas to do something for us. Just like a <laughs> <laughs> like a little flea circus. Uh, uh, they're teeny right now. Uh, someone in the the back of the crowd, Edros. Th- there are LED. Signs floating above heads that that read uh, Edros and Veronis and neon lights displaying your face in a, a holographic display. And yeah, as you step forward, they uh, they applaud and they 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 chant Edros, Edros. And among them, you see a very smitten half work woman with your face on a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> we should say that we are starting up our merch shop. <laughs> uh, is it the half work from the first episode from the HUD bar? That's racist. Yeah. There are multiple half works on <laughs> Avalon Station. Really oh, hold on. Let, let, let me ask. Do I rec- does Edris recognize her from at all? Yeah, no, it's the same half work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't make up more than fifty characters at a time, so I'm just reusing <laughs> some old ones. That that Casafa yeah, <laughs> Medical Tech also from episode two. I don't know if anyone's <laughs> counting, but. Yeah, yeah as, no. as you guys are, are stepping off, the station security kind of shunts you off to the side and, and gets you through, like, a side exit of the docking bay and, uh, you know, down, like, kind of a, a private walkway, you know, for the security corps members only. So you don't have to get pushed through 100 people if you don't want. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds good. <laughs> Tyler, are you thinking a draw just turns around? <laughs> no, it's fine. This is all good. I need medical attention. Yeah, I'm gonna see well, that first. Uh, yeah. So as as you're walking down the corridor, you are met by one of the Eoxian embassy diplomats carrying another invitation to the embassy, and it, it you know it seems from this note, Gevalar Skinor expects you to meet with him at your earliest convenience. <sighs> all right. Let's get medical attention first. 
and then yeah, they can wait. Talk about going. Yeah. So do you want to go to the Starfinders HQ? Please. I would. Okay. Yeah. So as you guys are are walking out of the the western arm of Absalom Station, going into the ring, you get a comms call from Starfinders HQ calling you in and uh, giving you a meeting with Chiskis. You know, telling you to go like straight to him. Don't go to the medical facility. Go straight to Chiskisk. Chiskisk. So back, you find yourself at Starfinders main campus. You're allowed to go right up to their office. Along the way, Starfinder recruits come up and they're shaking your hands or clapping on your back. There's more applause as you walk into the lobby. You know, it seems like you had some celebrity amongst people just in Absalom Station. But all the society members are even more enthusiastic about your recent adventure. Very excited to see you all. Oh, well, that's very... Edris would be more than happy to shake hands and high five or bear hug, whatever anybody mm-hmm. wants to do. Yeah. Vest hug. I guess it's more vest hugging, maybe. Back in Chiskisk's office, they welcome you in, and there are already about 10 or 12 drinks arrayed on the desk in front of them. What smells like a mix of whiskey and tea in a single glass. <laughs> and he takes that immediately. <laughs> ranging. <laughs> From all other kinds of beverages, blitzer beer drank to fizzy carbonate beverages and in other weird looking containers. Oh, beer sounds so good right now. <laughs> right. But can I can I drink alcohol when I'm pregnant? I don't know. <laughs> ah, who cares? They're stupid alien babies. Yes, like, you, you can if you're trying to kill the babies. <laughs> you hear a psychic laugh in your minds. And this is Chiskisk who says, welcome back, Starfinders. Congratulations on a successful mission. This is a major win for the society. As you all know, not only have you unearthed a a major discovery, but you made it back in one piece. Oh, which reminds me, Adrosh. Chiskis walks around the backside of you and stabs you in the neck with a giant spell ampule. Congratulations. (laughs) You are no longer dying. Had a very high-level mystic cook this up once I saw that Akata snack on your leg. Oh, well, thank you very much. You guys are amazing. I I do believe I feel kind of better now. Maybe I won't suck so much in battle anymore. And Alindra, after we debrief, you can also go down to the, the med bay and get patched up. We will see to your, your weakening as well. Thank you so much. But let us debrief. Go ahead. I, I saw with most of the station what it was you discovered. But I, I would like to hear it from you all again as well. Where do we start, y'all? The group recaps I mean, the whole adventures to yeah. Chiskis. <laughs> I mean, I, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, it was all montage. We, yeah, we talked about things in a montage. Montage. Yeah, we actually like recorded it and we like released it on a bunch of different streams and it's on websites. <laughs> you go download it and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It's uh, like, oh, it's an audiobook form. That's so convenient. I can take it with me on the go. <laughs> I mean, it does seem that whatever it was that uh, the stupid company wanted that rock for, that not the technology that is in it, they obviously coveted greatly. Mm. Our little, did our altercation with that sadistic android hating pronk nugget make it to mm. air? Pronk nugget, yes. Uh, Darius Gilcrest, they have already exonerated you of his murder as he was there illegally and also apparently not his real name. Oh, really? What is his real name? Darius Plumpkinsk. That's a terrible name. I, mean, I understand why he changed it. 
Mm, yes. But he's dead now. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Yes, exactly. Good riddance. But uh, obviously, wait. I mean, yeah. Wait, but his yeah. name was Darius Gilchrist, right? Uh, it, it looks like Gilchrist perhaps was a... Uh, a nom de guerre. Like, but for like 30 years? I mean, as long as he had records here on Absalom Station, he, it looks like he was on the station for maybe 15 or so. But yeah, it, it definitely, he had a lot of shady stuff going on. And, right, but uh, is, is that what I knew him as? I don't think he knew his last name. I think he just knew Darius. Oh. But uh, yeah, yeah, th- there was a lot of revelations, apparently. Up to some shady stuff, they were already getting ready to fire him from extractions, unless he had come up with you know something big, like a big find. I think I would, uh, Edris would relay the revelation about the lack of footage from the portside docking bay to Chiskus. Mm-hmm. So you're you're telling them about the the thing that you delivered for for Nor, basically. Yeah, I yeah. was actually about to like um, uh, talk telepathically to the team to ask <clears throat> if they thought that we should mention that. But sure, I just just go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. If you leave Edris in charge of talking, he's gonna be like, "Oh, we got on the ship, and then there were these weird, dumb <laughs> things that bit us, and then there was this package that that." nor wanted us to have but the footage is gone from that who knows why he didn't want the world to see that stupid package and then that's what caused the ship to leave and strand us there just guess you know steeples their fingers for a while thinking about that and it's like perhaps that is something to talk to nor about but if you feel strongly that you might have broken pact law perhaps station security would be the the better person to to speak with i cannot advise you in, in that because if it happened at the beginning of your adventure, more than likely, I would guess, evidence of any crime off the hippocampus had probably been scrubbed. Is Nor trustworthy? Do you know this diplomat? I uh, know him by reputation only. I'm unsure what kind of cloth his clothing is cut from, if you understand. What kind of reputation does he have exactly? Well, I mean, the the general stuff that you guys might have known about them, a very slick and powerful ambassador on the station. Definitely the kind of preconceived notion of Mosioxians is that they are creepy and very secretive, things like that. I think I describe them as kind of post-Cold War, you know, prior enemies, now allies. So there's there's still like a, you know, question mark of, of some loyalties here and there. Gotcha. But Chiskis, unfortunately, they don't know that much more than you guys do. So continuing the the debrief, Chiskis says, uh, you know, after you've relayed your your whole story, the we'll pan up to a, a clock on the wall and it, a digital clock, and it goes from like you know three twenty one to three twenty seven. It's like, oh well, that was that was short. So after talking a bit, Chiskis says, the drift rock is some sort of ancient works, to be sure, but it looked like it was for a very powerful ship or installment of some kind, a technology that was quite advanced, very powerful. Our techs will more than likely take years dissecting it for replication. The nature of this find is puzzling, but regardless, may go down as one of the most significant finds in Starfinder's history, and we have you all to thank for that. Yes, and don't forget all the unfortunate dwarves and original pilots of the Acreon who lost their lives bringing it here. Not to for mention, sure, the, not sure. to mention the hazard pay for uh, this 
risky as Yeah, we do get paid for this job, don't we? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what I was told to sucker me into this whole shenanigans in episode one. I mean, you guys are Starfinders now, so you get paid for missions and things like that. But uh, as you all are, are chatting up about uh, monetary gain, the Triscus computer you know, lights up, starts flashing, and there's a light beeping. And uh, they say, Ah, I sent the alien computer language to our experts to search it in our databases. It seems we have a hit. Let's see. Their whiskers, their antennae twitch, and their bug eyes scan the computer in front of them. And very excitedly, the, the antennae are, are dancing as they look over the findings, but then droop down all of a sudden. They're like, My, oh, my, oh, 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 no. Well, that is interesting. I have good news and, well, unfortunate news. Which which would you like to hear first? Uh, good news. Oh, well, the good news is our database has on record several of the alien letters and pictures as they had been entered into our computer's system post-gap. Oh, that's bad. No, that, that was good. <laughs> the, the I, bad feel like that's, I feel like that's leading into the bad news. The bad news is the information I just uncovered... Comes from a very unreliable source. What oh. source is that? Halquim Zan. You hear inside your minds the sheer and audibly sigh after saying the name. And yeah, sounds of disgust in your mind. Just <laughs> ah, a dubious source, to be sure. It looks like the linguistic notes are made by him, all right, and submitted almost three centuries ago. They were donated to the Cabaret University of Xenoarchaeology and Xenoanthropology on Castrovel after his, hmm, shall we say, his disruptive expeditions on Castrovel. It looks like his field notes contained some of these symbols you found on the drift rock, and they rest in the university's archives. Hmm. Why is this bad news? Ah, uh, how Kim Zahn is, well, perhaps, as I said, not to be trusted. <sighs> Have you heard of this man? That's a good question. Do we, can Have we do we? a culture check to figure that out? <laughs> this will be a very high culture check indeed, because as Chiskis mentioned, 300 years old. Get it! <laughs> uh, can I take 20 for this? If you want to, yeah, like the entire time that uh, Chiskis is, is talking, just like rack your brain. Uh, yes, what would be your 20 score? If you know, just 20 plus your bonus. Uh, oh, 20 plus my bonus. My bonus is... Sorry, I misunderstood how that worked. Uh, yeah, taking 20 is basically if you have enough time and you're not like in danger, it's basically like you roll the dice enough <laughs> that you would eventually get a so, 20 so I just on the add, dice. So I just had 20 plus my two modifier for culture. Your, your culture modifier. Oh, so six. Cultures. So 26. Right. And do you have expertise die you want to roll? <laughs> Uh, I can, yeah. Because 26 cents ain't going to do it. Oh, <laughs> a five. That's a 31. <laughs> yeah, so you, I guess, might know of Haukuim Zahn. Uh, you know the name as like a writer of maybe adventure stories. And the figure in your mind is of a Indiana Jones type character. A Lashunta explorer slash exciting archaeologist kind of figure who, who made up the, these crazy uh, tales of adventure hundreds of years ago. So very, very old stories, very old uh, adventure stories. But uh, it, it seems Chiskisk is saying that they 
actually did some some work that found its way into the Starfinder archives. Hmm. If you press Chiskisk on it, uh, they say, Halkweem Zahn, a real cur if there ever was one. You you know of him, Knack? Uh, yeah, I know he was a uh, fantasy writer. Uh, I can't believe that he would have anything uh, in the archives. Well, that that is one way to put it. Fantasy. Oh, yes. We, we Starfinders seek out the answers to the universe's many mysteries, and, and we try to unlock the secrets of the gap. We have had many recruits that were inspired by explorers and adventurers, and many of those same people who have tarnished the badge that they wore as well. Halkuim Zan was both of those things. He, he uh, was a freebooting adventurer who masqueraded as an archaeologist. He was a playboy that liked to pretend to be a scientist. I looked up to him as a young clutchling, reading the what I thought were stories. Uh, they were just embellished adventures he had actually gone upon, but I, I soon found out that actual study and discovery was more than exploding ancient temples and fighting fanatics in the jungle. Pyramid People of Eucalam, that it was a classic title of one of his adventures. Utter garbage. Just nonsense. But he inspired many youth with his stories to become scientists and explorers, yes. But just as many were inspired to be rogues and, and pirates, no doubt. No no offense, Edros. Oh, none taken. <laughs> any any other questions? Uh, is there any way that we could go to Castrovel and confirm any of his theories? Why, yes, an excellent suggestion. Perhaps if we went there and retrieved the, the physical notes unreliable, I'm sure, as they may turn out to be, we can find out more of this this language and maybe where he, he saw that writing from. Discover the original site. Are you all up for a, a trip to Castroville to see if these notes lead to more clues? I am, and I actually have an extra connection. My father <clears throat> is a xenobiologist at the university. Chiskis does some clacking on their keyboard. Like, mm. Yes. All right. It, it looks as if he is in the xenobiology department. A different wing, for sure, but uh, it, it might be helpful in uh, navigating the, the university. And I imagine you have been there before, correct? Yes, I grew up there. Excellent, excellent. Um, any other questions about Halkarim or this, this information? Um, uh, I mean, is there anything we should maybe ask about... Maybe asking about Castrovel. Is there anything we should know about Castrovel to prepare for the trip? Like uh, environmental things that maybe we should buy some equipment to be prepared for? Well, I'm I'm sure Alindra can can fill you in on on some of those as well. But it is a very lush jungle planet. And there are lots of areas of just, you know, untampered with wilderness. In particular, Knack, you'd know. Uh, Drew Knack would know that they are in Halkuim's adventures, many different adventures on Castrovel. Hmm. And part of the thing that got him in trouble way back then is there are regulations for exploration and archaeology on all the packed worlds because they're they're all very ancient. And Zan was exploring restricted areas of Castrovel, untouched, uh, the, the untouched continent of Eucalam. Yeah, well, that's convenient. And in, in one such adventure was was told that they had to wait for clearance. He very flagrantly disregarded authorities and, and stole into the, the Eucalam untouched lands. 
and was arrested and their findings confiscated. And uh, they, they, because of that, sealed off the continent for like a decade after the incident. And it was a, a black mark on explorers for years after. Chiskis can give you a lot of that information as well. Kind of fill you in. So we're going to have to be fairly careful about where we tread when following his work. Because the last thing we want to do on is step on more Castrovellian toes. <laughs> they have toes, right? Yes. Good. You have you have toes as a vesk? I have claws. A little different. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, that's what's a what's a claw, but a, t- a toe with a sharp bit on the. End. <laughs> I would say that toe inv- implies bluntness. Claw implies sharpness. Your bluntness. <laughs> so yeah, just just looks up and is you know typing in their computer just like you know constantly and be like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we will officially call this your second mission. I will make arrangements to meet a liaison when you arrive on Castrovel to guide you through the university. We we have a man that has contributed to the Starfinder Society before, a, a postdoctoral student named Waylos. I will have him meet and make contact with you when you get to Castrovel. So, I, I guess I should officially ask, do you, do you all accept this? Uh, this mission? Team? Yeah, yes. I, I kind of prefer to be off this rock right now anyway. Alindra is finding herself very homesick and suddenly really excited about going back to Castrovel after being on this rock for so long and then mm-hmm. in Absalom Station. It's just she's really excited to see some trees. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and not too, too long ago, you're also off Castrovel for a long period of time on the, the expedition with Master Basilar. So you've been, you've right. been away in general for a while. Is, is everybody agreeing to... To mission number two, aka book number two. <laughs> hey, if uh, if every time we complete one of these missions, I get a beer, I'm gonna keep accepting. Right. So small pleasures. <laughs> track track down the records in Kabarat University and and see if you can dis- discover the site of their creation on Castrovel. Excellent. Uh, as you guys are, uh, I'm sure shuffling off to uh, <laughs> to go attend to several other duties. Chiskis dips into their desk and pulls out some items and finally produces an old and yellowed paperback book and comes up and hands it to, we'll hand it to Alindra, who is of the planet. And they say, uh, this is my personal first edition of Pyramid People of Yucalan. It is a bit of a collector's item. I, I would like you to have it. And I can also send you all digital copies as well to your ship. Once again, I, I reiterate, it is utter rubbish. But perhaps reading it might give you a better idea about the man whose footsteps you will be following. Thank you. I'll take very good care of it. Yeah, I'll take a digital copy. Yeah, they do indeed send it to to everybody. You know, that's one thing they're doing on their computer. Uh, Well, let me know when you're ready to move out. I I currently have maintenance crew going over the Drift Rider, making sure it is still able to fly and and achieve drift travel. So uh, as you have so aptly named it we would like to make sure that it can jump into drift space after so long it should be done in a few days but i imagine in the meantime enjoy a break let those wounds heal starfinders get yourself to the infirmary if you need it i don't know about the infirmary but i think the hut bar is probably calling my name <laughs> i'm gonna get on my bar <laughs> so as you guys are clearing out uh chiskis psychically calls andis you back and says, oh, and Andis. They, they reach into a, a small pouch on their side. 
and tosses you a Starfinder badge. And they, they say, Try not to lose this one in the vacuum of space, 147. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I lost mine. When'd you lose it? Because Robob wasn't there (laughs) when I (laughs) murdered an old man. (laughs) (laughs) Robob like might have flown up and like just saw at the last minute, um, you know, a small piece of metal flying past. Whoa! I say, I I say, thanks, Chick Six. (laughs) They give you a a bug thumbs up. Yeah, you guys can can leave, go about some business. Do you do you want to go ahead and and take up the Yoxian ambassador's invitation as well? Yes. Yeah, we might as well. We're making our rounds. Okay, so yeah. I would really like to heal up at least. Like, yeah. So if you go down to the 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 med bay, you know, like twenty minutes in and out, you know, outpatient procedure, they can spell ampule you as well, as well as start some some treatment on on wounds you know get your hit points up at least so no problem there okay great so and does that put me back at full hit points or yeah 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 they can what about stamina same thing uh, i mean you'd have to take <laughs> 10 minutes if you want to to rest up there but anybody can we're definitely gonna get it we're definitely gonna get attacked on our way to over in Nora's office so we should He's all be off. we should all be topped up you should have checked the Acreons back under hatches. <laughs> Five Vicadas, jump oh, up. Oh, no. They're like, you killed our parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Edra steps up. I am your parent. <laughs> Papa. <laughs> oh, sons. I hate everything about this. Uh, right. So if, if you want to go see it, Yoxian Embassy it is also in the, the eye of... Absalom Station, so is pretty close by. At the the embassy, this wealthy section of Absalom Station, the eye, you, you pass Verdant Gardens and you get a dose of some of the freshest, freshest oxygen that you have tasted in over a week. The perfumed air, though, turns darkened hour as you enter into the cathedral central office of the embassy. And you, that smell is replaced by incense and candles burning to try and cover up the pungent smell of death that lingers here oh yeah dead guy why don't uh, as you guys are being escorted back to the office everyone make a perception check Ramy, you have well the highest is that correct yes 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 very close but so as you're walking back Ramy, you notice in like one of the side rooms uh, as you pass by a skeletal attendant closing a a door and you just get like a brief glimpse inside but you see uh, what looks like the opened package uh, that you all brought aboard from the Acreon and inside is an empty cryo chamber a, uh, a container inside it it seems that someone or something living was inside the package Whoa. guys uh, so I just saw like a glimpse of, of what was in the pa- uh, that container it looks like it was somebody not a thing hmm is that illegal? Are we like? Is it illegal to transport people that way, or th- or undead people? People, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, who would be important enough for them to to risk everything to get back? Also, wasn't wasn't that place depressurized? Yeah. Uh, we, I, I don't think the chamber. The chamber could yeah. have been pressurized. Yeah. It, it was like a like a hyperspace, you know, sleep pod kind of thing. Oh, I see. I see. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Just something to keep in mind while we're, you know, right, asking so we've questions. Been, we've engaged in some light human trafficking. 
But was, hey, it could have been Isoki or Lachenta <laughs> trafficking. Yeah. You never know. Right. So the the massive double doors to Nor's office open up the spiky doors and you guys find yourself. It does feel like a crypt in there. Soil underneath you, Yoxian dirt. And Gavilar stands up as you, as you walk into the office and, and says, Come in, Starfinders. Oh, make yourself comfortable. Five bottles of the thickest, darkest black milk for our guests. Chop, chop. You seem, in, you seem to be in a great mood. I, I just wanted to thank you for your diligence in uncovering the Drift Rock's mysteries. You all have done an admirable job. And for delivering my package, I have cleared the funds into all of your accounts. I believe 500 credits each was the deal, correct? Yeah, yeah but... About that, uh, so who exactly was in the packet? I'm sorry, what do you mean? Well, I, I just happened to notice that there was a a, a cryo chamber in there, and I was kind of curious who was actually in there. Like, we kind of risked life and limb, I feel like we deserve to know... What, what we we brought back. They stand up and walk over to you and pour you a tall glass of black milk and says, Raimi, I am unable to divulge the package's contents. I ensure you, though, that you personally have helped to guarantee the packed world's safety with your actions. And that's, that's wonderful. I'm just, for my own personal curiosity really <laughs> he just pats you on the shoulder and it's like of course regardless i am in your debt now and hope that after doing me this favor at some point i will be able to repay it to you in the future well i know that just by including robob into the into the mission you certainly did me quite a favor there seems oh, to be a lot of lot did of you talk about us did you like robob do you want uh, yes, no, you can have this small robot no, if you would like no, to keep no, him. No, we're, we're good. good. Oh, no, we're good. Wait, what? You, do, you guys don't want him? I think he's a great uh, filmographer person. Yes, this robot is yours. No, Go, Robob. Walking, talking, Yes. Garden. No, I like him. I'll keep him. Uh, Robob is like, what? Oh, boy. Did you say Drift Rider crew? Me? I can document your entire lives. When you get out of bed in the morning, I'll be there like, good morning. And when you're getting in the shower, I'm going to be like, well, well, someone looks nice and clean. And when you sit down to breakfast, I'll be like, let's Rainy cast jolting surge. Oh, no. Rob, Bob, we need to get around. Oh. Oh, look, he broke. Gavilar Snore picks it up and puts it back in the drawer behind his desk. And uh, it's like, okay, no problem. <laughs> uh, I, li- I liked him. Back in your drawer, you insufferable electronic gizmo. I see you feel the same way as I do. I I have asked for an Eoxian AI, but no, nothing but Skittermander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've right. been causing quite a ruckus while we were gone. <laughs> I know not what of what you speak. <laughs> so, yeah, Nor, you know, lets you guys relax, sit down and says, I have been, de- been delaying the feed slightly to media outlets and reviewing your findings. Uh, there is no such language in our archives, which we have in- encountered before. But the Drift Rock certainly is some kind of advanced civilization, a design, perhaps. Not at all a geological find. 
Yeah, there's some kook who used to go around Castrovale digging up old ruins who uh, might think he know what the language is, but... Uh, just shut up. Oh, come on. Oh. Oh, really? Has what? your Starfinder confirmed as this? Uh, no. Like I, like I said, he's just an old kook. Nobody seems to take him too seriously, but uh, maybe we'll go and find out if he had any meat behind his tails. Mmm. Very interesting. Regardless, uh... As such, I cannot in good faith award rights in my arbitration to either party looking for mining, but I have decided to give the Hardscrabble Collective full remuneration for the loss of the Acreon and its crew, and I am sure the reward for the discovery will be donated to their cause and the families of those who died in bringing this discovery back to Absalom. That is great news. It seems astral extractions in this case have lost thanks to you all. Well, that puts a smile on my face. I I thought it would. Sweet, sweet Raimi. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. As Andis, you surmised it was... Quite a large device, perhaps an entire space station, or some kind of massive ship. We will not know until you all can figure out more of this language. Regardless, this discovery could be interesting to many parties. I would watch yourselves out there, Starfinders. Watch your backs. Yeah, we will definitely do that, although we've already had one in one run-in with the uh, Corpse Corps. Or whatever, the corpse fleet. I don't know what their involvement is in it, though. The corpse fleet. They are illegal, and all such activity regarding them must be reported whenever saw. As soon as they came up on the feed, I radioed back to Eox, letting them know of their location. Nothing from their ship was salvageable. Good to know. Yeah, it's well, two extra run-ins we had with them if you want to give us any bonus pay. Just say. While our business here is concluded, I imagine the monetary offers would be coming in for you. You might be all very busy, so I shall let you see you to your leave. Good day. All right. As you all are, are walking out of his office, he physically grabs you, Alindra, grabs your arm, you know, holds up a finger and is like, Alindra, a moment of your time asks to talk to you alone. Uh, okay, I telepathically let Andis know that I'm going to talk to this guy alone and not to go too far. Yeah, right. Andis is going to stand right outside the door. Thank you. The, the door shuts and immediately the... Psychic Link with Alindra shuts off as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Nor is clutching onto your arm and kind of rotates it slightly and says, That tattoo on your arm, you had it the last time we met, yes? Yes. Where did you get it? I, I, what do you mean, where did I get it? Are you asking for the tattoo parlor? I mean... Where did the design come from? It was my own creation. It's a, it's a constellation that I discovered on my very own. As a child, I, I don't even remember where it came from. They kind of eye you over, nor does, and says, Mm-hmm, I believe you. 
he holds out a small data pad and on it is blown up images of the drift rock computers enhanced to show you know symbols that were dancing across in the language and there are five freeze frames with the symbol of your tattoo on the computer system and uh, he says that constellation is represented in the language of this ancient people it shows up several times it's it seems a like a very high coincidence that you happen to have it inked upon your flesh i mean I really i think it's just a coincidence i i it's just stars <laughs> I, she's an ancient being murderer <laughs> <laughs> i did not i did not know what your game was but i can see that this is all apparently news to you so long as you are not withholding information from me you are free to go and rejoin your friends may Good i luck. ask if 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 you thought that i was lying i mean what do you think the connection could possibly be i swear it's a coincidence but what was your hypothesis perhaps this is something that you have seen before on castravel maybe maybe you don't even remember it but regardless it it seems as i said highly unlikely to be a simple coincidence it's an interesting theory thank you for sharing this information with me naprab <laughs> <laughs> Peace out. He, he uses old uh, slang, too. Right. So after you guys' meetings, you have free time. You can go rest. You can uh, go back to your, your capsule hotels. You can sleep on the, the Drift Rider if you want. And we're just going to go through some little singular stories as you guys are uh, adventuring by yourself over the, the next day or so. If that is all right with you. Yeah. Sure. Uh, let's start with... Andis, Andis, the the next day after you meet with, uh, after you get back to the station, meet with Chiskis and all them, you get a call from an Absalom Security Corps member, uh, Sergeant Hanzer, and asked to speak with him at Central Station in the ring. Okay. So, co- the cops are calling on you. I guess I'll go there. Maybe you should have mm. murdered someone on the Drift Rock. How about that? Maybe it was self-defense. <laughs> they, they got nothing on me, coppers. Arriving at the station, there's all manner of criminals and lowlifes being processed here. And it kind of looks like a, a Wild West scene of various aliens with mohawks and tattoos. And uh, as you introduce yourself to an, a, uh, an officer, a cadet, uh, brings you to the, the back of the building and lets you into Honjur's small cramped office and he you know beckons you to sit down and uh, he says mm, andis 147 hello have a seat we uh met a few weeks back after you're running with those gangs of docks you remember yes episode two yeah <laughs> it's, it's only <laughs> uh 17 episodes ago jabert is this a clip weeks. show <laughs> yeah I was about to say, bring back all the classics uh, he he says, uh, well, I, I was also called in on a, a breaking and entering last week. Apparently connected to you all as well. The perps got into this master passelier's apartment. Were you aware of this? I heard about it. Well, I put two and two together after I watched the Drift Rock video. And best I can figure is this Gilcrest character, or whatever his name was, hired some hackers for a quick smash and grab at the apartment. We, uh, we won't know what they're after, though. It seems this past Lars in a vegetative state. And, well, with Gilchrist dead, we may never know. Yes, it was our 
understanding that Gilchrist was responsible for the for the breaking and entering, as well as the kidnapping of Pastelar. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that that's what uh, Pastelar said on the stream. But uh, anyway, I, I called you down here because I, I found something in my investigation that I had to put it into evidence, but I, I don't think he would mind sharing it with you. I found this digiframe in Pastelar's living room. The old man didn't have many photos, so it kind of stood out to me. Uh, Hanser hands you a broken digiframe, and it's a you know a, a still picture of what looks like the uh, a very old man. On it, there are five figures: three humans, an Ahsoki, and an android. And they're standing in a single file. And there's a a number of curved rock formations behind them in the, in the photo, and crates and like little tents on either side. And the caption beneath the photo reads, uh, Kalithu 7 Discovery Team, and from left to right, Dr. J. Braskin, E. Passalar, K. Quinn, L. Feldspar, and Andis 146. Hmm. 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 Um, I downloaded the image and sent it to you. Figured it, it might be helpful in illuminating the road ahead. Well, I, I appreciate that. Passalar mentioned that we were acquainted previously. I regret to I regret to inform him that uh, I have no recollection of this. Right, right. Maybe, uh, well, whoever whoever you were before you became one four seven, that person that was in your body. Maybe, maybe he knew them. Maybe indeed. Maybe indeed. As a mechanic, I have this ability called the memory module, mm-hmm. which allows me to kind of roll twice to try to remember things. Is there any sort of like a memory check I could do for this? Or is this something that's just straight up not available? So as you're looking at it, you actually do recognize at least the the location that it was, uh, the, the photograph was taken. Because you had this dream before you left Avalon Station where you you were like running along these rocks and there, there was like a storm overhead and, and you heard people shouting, you know, back at a camp. And you're, you're pretty sure that was a, a brief glimpse of whoever Andis 146 was. That was, that, you said it was Korthu? Kalathu 7. Kalathu. Okay. Well, I thank you very much for, for this. I will, I will think on this and I will tell you if I recall anything related to, uh, Pastelar's research that may help you in your investigation. Right. Well, good luck to you in your travel, Starfinder. All the best. Thank you. Is this information, is this something you, you would share with the, the team? With uh, with your your teammates, Andis doesn't own any photographs of himself, mm-hmm. so Andis would put this up, put the photo up uh, next to their bunk. Gotcha. And so, so anyone who anyone who walks by walks by the bunk. I mean, could see photo of Andis and Passlar and you know these this, these people, other folks you've known um, in a past life. Alindra um, studied with Passlar on Kalathu Seven. Just FYI. I mean, she doesn't necessarily realize that you have that photograph, but yeah, maybe yeah. something you discover in the future. Yeah. After I, uh, after, yeah. So a- after I leave there, I'm, I'm going to make a quick stop over at the shop, check in on Nizumi, make sure everything's good. Yeah. Yeah. They've actually, you know, had a good deal of business in the last week. <laughs> Just a lot of people coming by asking on you, you know, looking, looking for oh, services. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they're, they are busy. Business seems to be booming. Excellent. Good, good, good. Then Chicksticks mentioned that the Starfinders are working over the ship 
to kind of check it out. And I'm yeah. quite, I'm a little particular about that. So I'm going to go uh, uh, kind of double check their work. Right. So it, the, the main thing, uh, yeah, they are making sure that, you know, all the, the hatches are going to be still pressurized and things like that. The main thing, though, they're they're checking the, the drift drive just to make sure that it is still operational so you guys can get underway. But if you want to spend your time doing that, you can. And in the meantime, let's jump to another player, another character. Knack! Hey! As you're you're making your purchases on the station and you're walking around, you feel the presence, not of admirers of your hijinks on the drift rock, but another set of eyes somewhere watching you. And before you can even, you know, react to it, Clara247 emerges from a back corner of an alley and steps toward you. You had less seen them on the, the Drift Rider, but uh, they disappeared almost as soon as you stepped off and, uh, and started walking down that, that alley the day before. Oh, hey, Clara, how you doing? Hey there, boss man. I believe we have some accounts to settle up. Did My the- payment for helping you get off the rock. Can I do a bluff check? What are, what are you saying? Uh, hey, so did they not, uh, the Starfinder Society give you, uh, give you your payment? I did not make a deal with the Starfinders. I made a deal with Knack Sizrak yes. and agreed upon 500 credits, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, look, 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 those 500 credits, they, they were supposed to come out of the, the Starfinder account or, or the Aoxian Ambassador. Uh, let's, uh, let's walk over there and see if they can, uh, settle that account for you, huh? Huh? Why don't you make a bluff check? 22. Not bad. Not bad at all. But yeah, as soon as you start to pull away, uh, you feel an android hand on your shoulder and says, Knack, you can string me along like one of your marks, but I get my money one way or another. So if it is all the same to you, I would rather just take the credits you have on you that you owe me. You know, I think Andis said something about that. He was going to take care of this for you. I made no deal with Andis, but I made the deal with you. Did we? I, you know, I must have gotten hit on the head. I don't really remember this. If only there was video footage replayed <laughs> to thousands of people that we could access. Oh, wait, there was. Here it is. <laughs> Replay. Robob is like right up in your face at this point. <laughs> I thought Robob was put in a shelf. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, Robob was in your face during the, the drift rock <laughs> when... When Nack was like, we'll give you five regrets. <laughs> you gotta understand. Uh, I was, uh, the way, you know, you, you say things when you're under stress that you don't necessarily mean. Huh? I am a smart android, Nack. Maybe too smart for my own good. And I know that if you do not give me the money that I, well, I know ways to draw blood from a stone, as it were. My next step would be your kin. And I imagine if I start digging around looking for your family... Neither of us will like that. I don't think either of us want to go down that road. Is that correct? Well, for the record, I don't have any family. Part two, here's your pronking 500 credits. Get out of here. Thank you for this, and for what it is worth, I apologize that I shot you when we first met. You've actually kind of grown on me. Yeah, well, not enough to get some of my money back for that medical bill. Oh, and I apologize I tried to blow up your shuttle, too. Why am I paying you again? I I believe in balance in the universe, and, and unless I have forgotten some other instance, I believe that now we are what the humans call square. 
I'm not so, so sure about that, but you just have a wonderful day. Thank you. As you're walking away, uh, they, they call out kind of down the alley and say, uh, you have a good team there. Take care of them. You kind of hear a, a crack in their voice and they say, take care of Andis. They have they have been through a lot and I think I think this might be their last adventure. Yeah, well, enjoy your money. Bye bye. <laughs> Are you really walking away? <laughs> needed those credits <laughs> it was a pleasure working with you if you need my services you know my designation and fine great great is there anything uh, in particular you want to do uh in your your free time over the next few days can i get that 500 credits back somehow <laughs> start start working start the yeah busting tables get, there, a, get is, a new job is there a uh, is there a rich looking person that i can try to uh to slide of hand check <laughs> <laughs> no no but uh make a make a make an intelligence check for me <laughs> that's a 20 natty natty 19 from your conversation with chiskis you're pretty sure that if you just apply uh, a little more pressure that you can get some funds snuck out of the the office and, and distributed to uh to the team maybe some some extra money for as you said combat pay well, let's do that so yeah we don't have to role play this but why don't you give me a a bluff or i don't know what kind of check you want bluff would, bluff would probably good intimidate if you want whatever <laughs> whatever you want to pull on them uh we'll do bluff i was thinking bluff or diplomacy but they're at the same check so yeah diplomacy's fine either or it's 24 15 on the die right so yeah you you might send some some <laughs> messages their way give a, a quick phone call and uh, what, what do you want to say to to try and chisel some money out of the Starfinders? Uh, you know, we had some unexpected uh, repairs that needed to be made. We we had some some uh, combat pay we had to pay to uh, to somebody that we hired on for the the sake of survival for the sake of this mission. Just wondering if we could get a little reimbursement for that. You know, uh, just to make sure that everything's square, as they say. <laughs> so Chiskis comes back, and everyone gets a message uh, from the Starfinders and an additional 200 credits is put into everyone's account. A, a total party stipend of a thousand credits or for expenses that uh, uh, Nack has argued for you. You're welcome. Nice. Do you, do you uh, space time everybody? <laughs> yes. Like, space, hey. Look, just check your accounts. You get a little bit extra. Just remember that. I'll see you on the ship. We're not using the other apps. We're using the cash app. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take this as payment from saving your butt last time in the alley. Hey, yo, callback episode 10. <laughs> it's nothing but it's a clip show. Everybody. Uh, let's let's move on to Tyler and Edros. Hey, Tyler. Hey, I'm here. E- Edros, after maybe your last checkup at the Starfinder Clinic, uh, you are completely cleared of the disease and, and any lingering effects, and you feel 100% again. Yay! As you're, as you're going about the, the station, getting your shopping done, you are recognized many times from the data feeds from the Drifrock, and you're asked to stop and talk from all kinds of people, all kinds of aliens, all about your exploits and taking some selfies uh, all over the station. Oh, happy to do so. As you're finishing up talking to some, some people excited about your exploits, a member of the Level 21 crew comes up to you with a note from Jabaxa that reads... Uh, 
I guess I could read this in, in their voice. I, I figured you might be interested in tracking down the ship uh, of yours. Uh, I, I got a chat with a clacker that knows how to get that kind of information. Meet him down on the 800 block of level 21. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. You head on down to the spike. Yeah, I'll uh, send a brief like, you know, thank you for passing on the information message. Head on down. A Ahsoki uh, emoji, a smiling emoji comes back at you just like a rat with like a, a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. While, yeah, while you're, uh, you know, reading over this note and, and heading down in the uh, the service elevators to uh, level 21, you get a long distance call from the Viscarium, a private InfoSphere protocol call. Uh, on your comms unit. I'll take it. Eddie, it's your father. Your 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 mother and I got some news alerts. You've been uh, on all these feeds. Dad, I haven't I haven't even heard from you in years. Who cares about what's on the feed? Where the hell are you? What? We're on uh, we're on Vesk Prime. It's uh it's been very hard to track you down. You don't leave a forwarding address. Oh, uh, that's true. I kind of forgot to do that part. You've been hip scopping around, and we've we've uh, been searching for you. It seems like you've had a a, a few couple of days, uh, some rough ones back to back. Tell me, son, have you have you kicked the void bite disease yet? Yeah, the old uh, the Starfinder Society had a spell ampule ready for me when we got back into port. They took care of me pretty well. Good, good. Uh, I'm glad you have access to a good health plan now. It, it seems like you you picked up some more work with them packed world folk. Those Starfinders. I'm glad it'll keep you out of stealing more ships and being a wastrel out in space. Hey, I helped a lot of fun people out in space, but uh, the work here is a little bit more steady. I have to agree with that. Hmm. Hmm. Uh. Well, you know, you're you're doing a good job there. How's that? How's everything been going? Uh. Well, I'm not used to all this, you know, legal paperwork and whatnot. But I've met some good friends who are pretty good about it, and they're watching my back. Mm. Uh. Things are a little bit different out here in the pack worlds. Getting used to that as well. But uh, having having worked for the, the our Starfinder leader Chiskus Chexmix, whatever his name is, and just finished up a contract with one of those Eoxian diplomats, which is a little weird being undead and all. What about you? Yeah, yeah. They he goes over. You know, everything is coming on with them. It's like, oh, your mother's taking a Vesk Four cooking class. It's not going well. <laughs> oh, oh, my my second stomach is is kind of grumbling. Uh, did, do you have any questions for him? While you... I mean, are are they working? Um, they're working? like they're semi-retired. Maybe they're he's doing some like security stuff and some uh, freelance work. I mean, uh, I guess it, I I did leave the Viscarium abruptly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, but uh, yeah, no, you you're still doing good work out there, my son. Remember, no matter what. So long as you bring honor upon the name Veranus, your mother and I will stand behind you in your endeavors. I promise. So they uh, have a way to contact you now, and you, you've got their number. But uh, you're, you're standing in level 21, and uh, after a while, you're in the 800 block. This this contact of Jabaxa, an android data broker named Kilroy22, meets up with you in the side alley, and they say... I found that info you were looking for. A ship with a profile you described, modified Vesk frigate. Looks like it's been operating out of the diaspora, uh, running in Yoxian space, in and out. Might be hard to track down if it's not running hot, but uh, if you have a way of getting their attention uh, out there, uh, I'm sure we could track it down. Are you in contact with the ship? 
I haven't had a, I haven't had a lot of contact with the ship for a while, but huh. I might be able to dig up a way to get Sonros's attention. Gotcha. Well, if if you uh, can, you can contact me again and uh, see if I can find out anything more for you. We'll do. Anything you want to do, Tyler, in your time off, your relaxing post <laughs> void bite life that you have ahead of you? No, I, I mean, I, I might, I might play around on. I'd probably head back to the ship, maybe check out the holodeck or the what's it? What's it actually called? <laughs> it's not actually called a holodeck in this universe. Uh, it's called the holographic. Yeah, it's a- got a nice. It's a hack. H A C. Yes, probably uh, try out the HAC, maybe see if it has any uh, programs that are based out of uh, Vesk Prime. Yeah. Uh, cool, cool. Yeah, well, you get there. At Holographic Amusement Chamber. Oh, boy, that took a while. That You, you see Andis, you know, work on the ship, and you, you get to working out, trying out some of the, the fun things on the, the Drift Rider. Let's go to <laughs> Ramy Miles. Hey, Miles. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going, buddy? Good. Uh, the, the next day, you get a message from Blex Forbin telling you to come down to the Fusion Queen. The All bar. right. And uh, when you get down there, you see that the sign has been taken down, the uh, the upside down crown, and a couple of level 21 crew are guarding the door. All right. Well, I kind of nod hello and walk past them. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they, they're surprised to see. They're like, oh, wow, Ramy. And yeah, they let you inside and you see you know, crews of, of human and Android workers, you know, tearing the place up, uh, taking a lot of the interior down. It looks like staff are huddled around a table, having a meeting and Blex is at the bar, which is like half demolished and beck- beckons you to come on over. All right. And you see, as you get up there, uh, that Jabaxa, the leader of the level 21 crew is, is sitting right behind him as well. Little Jabaxa. And Blex says, uh, Ramy, welcome back. Friendo. You remember Jabaxa here, right? Of course. Jabaxa says, Ramy, you lucky dog. <laughs> you just stepped into a gold mine here after killing Nadaz, uh, you know, the, the Abadar Bank closed up on this place, and I brought the license and the lease. You're looking at the new owner of the Fusion Queen. Well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Blex uh, toasts, you know, brings a glass up and says, to new management. <laughs> uh, he uh, pours a, a glass of whiskey for you, Remy. Uh, I take the glass. Jabaxa continues on and says, and, and listen, I, I know it's getting to be a few months here before we're going to get this place, you know, not looking like a, a cheap neon disco and, and back up on its feet. But I wanted you to hear it first. I want you to be here when adventuring life slows down a bit. You take a breather. You come on back. I want to offer you a, a job running this place. Maybe you and Andis both. You seem like you each really wanted to get out of that ship and start slinging drinks. Well, you know, with your newfound celebrity, you can do just that. You become a famous Starfinder, you maybe write a hollow script, and then you live like kings down here in the spike. That sound like a, a good life to you, pal? I mean, I, I don't know is, if I, if I need to... is like, oh man, that sounds like Easy Street, right? Uh, <laughs> right, Ramey? I don't know if I need uh, all the all the glitz and glamour, but, you know, just having my own place, running this, this bar, sounds fantastic to me. <laughs> yeah, no, you just keep your nose clean and, and we'll see you back here in a few months for the grand opening. Uh, maybe Ramey's rumpus room got a good ring to it, don't you think? <laughs> You're the face of the place. I'm the money man. We get all the free drinks we want. Sound good? You know, I, when I walked in, I was a little apprehensive because I hadn't, you know, okayed any any redesign. But, uh, you know, I I realized that I'm not always here. 
and you know, and you don't own the place, so there's that. (laughs) No, no, I, I, I I won this place fair and square, but uh, really not how it works. It's how it works. (laughs) Trust me, classic Grammy. And I kind of like shoulder my blaster. It's like ten guards in here. Yeah, how did did Ramy die, everybody? (laughs) Hey, they also know what happened the last time they 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 tussled my crew and me. True, true. Uh, You're only level one then. Now you got like three on your. But uh, no, it, it, it's nice knowing that the place is being looked after while I'm while I'm away. Yeah, gotcha. Jabaxa, you know, gets a drink and goes back and talks with some of the construction crew. And Blex takes you aside and is like, uh, "This place will suit you well, Ramy. <laughs> uh, how was it out there? You didn't you didn't seem too excited uh, to take on this mission when I first came to you with it. You, you, you playing well with the others now? Yeah, they're fine. It's just." <sighs> You know I don't. I want to keep my my face kind of on the DL, and this situation kind of prunks that up royally. Well, yeah, no, I know you're you're taking it well though. Uh, it, it did seem like you're a pretty private guy over the last few years, but yeah. uh, this is uh, this is not the most ideal situation. And I was kind of looking forward to coming back here to kind of get a little more anonymity, but uh, it looks like I have another mission coming up. Well, if they put your name on the bar, it, it's probably not going to be very anonymous. Yeah, but if I'm not here, they'll it, people will soon forget about me, and I'm mm. counting on it. <laughs> oh, uh, good luck with that. But uh, it doesn't look like your your job is over yet. And from the looks of it, those four, need a good pilot like you. Well, I don't know how 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 much they need me, but right now, getting off the rock and and being around a, a group of people I can trust is probably the best thing for me. Yeah, you know, you got some people gunning for you. Is that it? I just, I have things I'd rather not come back to me. Huh. Well, and with all you, this extra attention on me right now, being off the rock is probably my best bet. You know, Blex, if you need anything from me in the meantime, you know where to find me. He toasts you one last time. I clink his drink and said, you know, yeah, I appreciate that. I'll keep that in mind. Great. What what would you like to do in your, your free time? Honestly, Raimi, I think, just wants to kind of kind of have a couple drinks and just kind of keep it low-key, oversee well, the bar. He just kind of wants to keep it quiet. I think that... You know, he just wants to keep his head low and not really make too much of a of a fuss while he's on Absalom Station right now. Well, yeah, this the the bar is closed down, but uh, you know, no no public here is let in. It's just yeah, exactly. So he can 21. just kind of drink in peace and and mm-hmm. I guess kind of collect himself. You can go in the back room if the the workers get too loud and. Uh, there's, you know, still blood stains. <laughs> uh, I'll probably fight, send but... a message to Andis. Uh, to let him know, kind of uh, the 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 bars being remodeled and stuff. If he mm-hmm. wants to come by and check it out, but other than uh, that, he's yeah. kind of keeping it on the on the DL. He just kind of wants to decompress. Gotcha. Well, while you're decompressing, let's go to Alindra and Rebecca. Hey, Rebecca. Hello. You are so patient, waiting to go last. Thank you Thank so much. You. <laughs> it's you're been like twenty minutes. Uh, so yeah, you can go. You know, in your free time. Um, I wanted to give my parents a heads up that I'm coming to Castrovel. Okay, yeah, you can you can send a, a recorded message uh, beforehand, uh, easy enough. It seems like they're not picking up. Yeah, but, and uh, I also I also think that Alendra would um, spend some time in that park where she met the Solarian before, mm. um, in meditation and and um, thought, uh, looking oh. up at the stars as she was instructed to do so. I smell another cryptic coming on. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, and you get called. You know, to see Pasilar at the the Lotus Clinic, and when you get there, it's a very high end medical facility. All kinds of robotic assistants and doctors from several worlds. All these alien doctors, 
His room is sparse. Uh, it's bone white, very high tech. And on the table, there is a bouquet of flowers. And it is sent from the professors of the University of Cabarat on Castrovel. Very, very nice. And you can you can see several of the flowers are of Castrovelan, Castrovelian <laughs> origin. Alindra smells them. They smell like home. Yeah. For what it's worth, after a day, Pastelar looks a lot better and seems to be given every single medical and magical treatment uh, possible. And you can read on his chart or a, a doctor explain to you that it does look like his mind took a beating and that's kind of put him into a comatose state. And for most people, it would be like a day or two before you bounce back from something like that. The, the Garakicals, like a psychic attack. But they they worry that uh, it might be a few weeks before Esquail is able to shake it off because, you know, he's so old. He was kind of tired before that. So he is still in a coma. He's not awake. Correct. Yeah. Okay. But they, they okay you staying at the clinic. Um, they have like, you know, spare bedrooms if you want while while you're you're there if you want to spend time with him yeah i would I'm, I'm worried about him yeah well as you are doing so the small metal grate on the air ventilation system behind you in the room pops open and the two goblins bumfuzzle and cattywampus come walking out like they own the place bumfuzzle cattywampus what are you doing here hello captain lindra uh, thank you for not killing us on the acreon Yes, thanks so much for sparing our lives. So what are you doing here in, in the Lotus Clinic? Oh, we we were just wondering if, well, if we could live aboard the Drift Rider and maybe help out with the engines and, and help cook and clean for you all. Well, you don't have to sneak around through the air vents to ask me that. Is that really the only reason you're here? They look at each other and they're like, The, the air vents are how we get around. Well, I will have to talk to my crew, but as far as I'm concerned, you are welcome aboard. Kenny Wampus is like, I I will clean everything of yours. I'll, I'll clean your underwears most excellently for you, Captain. Please don't. No, I will clean them all. I will clean them by hand if that is what is needed. We could use some help in the kitchen. Thank you. You will not regret this decision. We, we will see you back on the ship, Captain. Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, right, so as, you know, Oh man, so much business taking care of this episode. <laughs> As you drift off to sleep that night, you're you're filled with uh, maybe some nightmares of the the dark emotions that the Garakakul psychically assaulted you with in the, in that last attack. And you know all those negative emotions are kind of weighing on you. One of them stands out among the rest, though. It's this overriding feeling of guilt. Um, you're not like sure where it's coming from, but it's like this thing that wells in the pit of your stomach and it just, yeah, it weighs on you in this nightmare. And in the night, you just you have all these fever dreams that you're down, being tortured in a lightless room. And the next day, you wake up in a sweat, and you're, you're dressed in your clothes. You smell of liquor, and on your forearm is is a heavy bandage uh, taped on and, and touching it. It's it's raw. It's uh, it seems raw underneath it. Like there's a wound where your tattoo is. My goodness, what happened? Do you want to take a look? Yeah. It's like, you know, kind of hermetically sealed, uh, a little bandage on top. You can peel it back, and what you see in there is a new large tattoo on top of your old one of a, of a constellation. Now there are three more star maps, creating an intricate dodecagon of four triangular constellations on your arm. 
Bum, bum, bum. Did I get passed out drunk last night and a bunch of tattoos? There is a, a small note on the table, obviously, uh, beside you. Okay, I read it. It says to be continued. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of your guys' part in this episode, but that's not the end of our story because we've got an epilogue for book one to get through. Ooh. Part one, epilogue of Incident at Absalom Station. It's a dark alley in Clara 247. Walks a, a lonely street in the ring of Absalom Station. Their rifle and equipment broken down in a rucksack. A hovercraft idles alongside Clara. The door pops open and they sit down. Inside are three cloaked figures uh, in dark robes that sit there completely still, their faces obscured in shadow. One of them speaks and says, They live still, correct? Clara answers, Yes, the mission was accomplished. They believe that I was there to kill them and not to act as a safeguard. The astral extraction cover was a success as well, and I eliminated Darius Gilcrest. No loose ends. The robe figure reaches out a mechanical arm, a mystic white energy swirls and illuminates the vehicle's interior, and they say, uh, Excellent. Now we wait. Soon they shall discover more, but until then we cannot interfere. Clara 247 nods and longingly looks out the window. The craft putters along the main roadway and takes them out towards the docks. Part 2. Epilogue. Back at the Fusion Queen, Lex Forbin sits at one of the booths, the back of the establishment, the lights here, have been deactivated, leaving the far end uh, in this booth in complete shadow. An unseen hand pushes a large, ornate cred stick across the table. He, he picks it up. Lex uh, checks it in his data pad and says, That's a pretty penny. <laughs> I guess it's safe to say I did exactly what you all wanted. Seems a team came together really well. I, I gotta say, I, I don't understand how you hacked Starfinder Society Records, got me to put this crew together in the first place, but... If you ever need me to do anything like that again, Flex Forbin is your man. <laughs> the figures in the shadow seemingly nod. Uh, at least Blex takes their silence as approval. But he turns back and says, I, I gotta ask you, though, why why them? Do you know something about uh, my main man, Raimi, or these other four? I mean, Raimi, he's a good kid, great pilot, but uh, he's been keeping his nose clean the, the last couple of years. There's no response. Silence is a response, and, and Blex shifts kind of uneasily and shakes his shoulders, stands up, and says, All right, then, well, I'm out of here. You two keep it sleazy, and good luck. As Blex leaves, the two figures confer in the silence. They nod, and one of them says, No one saves us but ourselves, Catty Wampus. Then it is we ourselves who must walk the path. All that which Kaliwobble said is good and true, Bumfuzzle. It has come to pass. Yes, good and true. We shall follow them into the darkness, into the undiscovered country, and we will help to mold them for the horrors that lie ahead. The two goblins uh, escape into an air duct, and uh, as, as they're wont to do. <laughs> <laughs> Part three of this epilogue. The void is null and silent in the orbit around the drift rock, leaving the quiet anomaly and the still-dead Acreon falling quietly in space. On the vessel, the, the corpse of Kaliwobble drifts in an airlock, and down on the rock, the remains of the Acreon's crew find no respite in the emptiness of space, save for the 
sweet release from void death provided by the Starfinders. The magic within the Driftrock ticks on as it has for eons, unruffled by the sudden intrusion over the last hundred years or so by monsters and beings from other worlds. Its arcane purposes, as when it was first discovered by Morik and Nash, are still secret, kept uh, as a rock returns to the silence of a graveyard. Far off in space, traveling at about one and three quarter meters a second in a slow arc through the packed worlds, is Andis 147's Starfinder badge. Polymer plastics and metallic blends of magnetic bands, blue and gold depicting the planets of the Pact Alliance. This small artifact tumbles, having been flung into the chasm of the void earlier by the android. Just more debris swallowed whole by the darkness. Just more trash to be collected in the cosmos's endless cycle. Almost parallel, but on a different course to the Starfinder badge is some more space junk, this time in the form of a body. The lifeless corpse of Darius Gilcrest floats through the ether. The same expression of rage and shock on its frozen face as it had the moment his helmet was pulled from his head, exposing him to vacuum. The body smeared with blood and, and two laser blasts and impacts from the explosion of the shuttle hangs in the air like a vast coffin. Darius's arms outstretched as if he was trying to reach for something it would never reach, just outside of its fingertips. Upon the body's neck, the same tattoo that Andis spied earlier whose significance he didn't notice. But the body floats there. It's lit up by only a few auxiliary chem lights on the spacesuit. But within the suit, something pulses with energy. A techno-magic beacon within the pant leg of the suit vibrates, playing off a signal that had pinged it a short while earlier. And within short order, a red floodlight engulfs the corpse, attached a hundred feet away to a very large, heavily modified spacecraft. Operations to retrieve the body lasted less than 10 minutes. Before long, the crew had secured the remains and brought it to the bridge and laid the body out on a star chart table. The captain, shrouded in darkness, turned to his crew in the, the new acquisition, greased back some long black hair, and begins weaving a dark magic over the body. A cloud of smoke swirls above and enters through the blood-encrusted nostrils and mouth. There's a moment as the crew looks on, trembling in fear and anticipation. No one dares draw breath while the magic is being cast. And while they waited, the quiet of the void also filled this bridge. The silence was broken, though, a moment later when the body convulsed and sat upright, eyes wide and pupils dilated. The captain leaned in close to its face, and Darius Gilcrest choked out three small words over and over, repeating them louder each time. To be continued. Ah. Next time. Ne next book, maybe. <laughs> you are the worst. Hey, guys. And by worst, he means best. There's a couple more mysteries. <laughs> <to solve. laughs> oh, yeah. There's a couple. There's just uh, several dozen. You won't well, sure find them. Stop, stop making mysterious characters, and they'll stop uh, being all, all these fun mysteries. That's a good point. That's a real good point. <laughs> Yeah, no, just make some really <laughs> dumb, straightforward yeah. characters. Yep. That That is my official wrap on the fun book one end of Absalom Station stuff. Are you guys ready to get off the rock? Get to a planet? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And that's going to be next time. Next time we play. I'm so All excited. Right. All right. But oh, that's, that's it for now. Uh, I hope you liked story time episode, basically. <laughs> 2.0. Come and sit down. Story time with Patrick.
Well, that's that's going to do it for us, man. Oh, boy. I felt like I talked a lot this episode. Next time, I'm sure we'll get to some some good fights, some good uh, good chats and figure out what is happening on Castrovel. Uh, thank you. Thank you guys for playing with me. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you. you, buddy. Yeah, and buddy. And as always, say good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Till next time. Crit bit commencing in 3, 2, 1. Crit bit initiated. Alright, welcome to today's crit bit. Today, I thought it would be fun to talk about Edris's background. And if you would like to read what I'm saying, you can always go to our website and look at the character profile for Edris. Yeah, I thought it would be fun to put it in audio form. So here is Edris's background. The Corsair Vesk Prime, Edris Varanus has made a name for himself over years of hard fighting, raiding, and taking a few prisoners. Born to a very modest family, Arcana and Nusky were former outlaws who settled on Vesk Prime with the hopes of raising their young hatchling Edris with full honors to enter into the Vescarium's Imperial Navy. Only the greatest warriors would be raised to the exalted positions, something that Edris's father, Arcana, pressed into him from a young age. But over the years, Edris realized that he disliked the military life. He often chafed under the orders of his snarling superiors and longed to strike out on his own. The order to fire on the frost behemoth civilians of Vesk 8 from his captain Felger was the straw that broke the Elecost's back. The colony would have died out on its own, their encampment stripped of their heating systems, but Felger wanted to set an example. Edris deserted his company rather than obey the order, but realized that the only way he was going to make it out of the system was with a ride. So he hijacked his troops' craft, the Norakama-class dropship, the Dauntless, and piloted for pack space. He celebrated his 18th year aboard a ghost ship. A fugitive, the young Edris gravitated towards the Diaspora, a collection of rocks in the middle of the pack system. It is home to outlaws, thieves, and runaways, as well as the pirates under the castle of free captains. Edris began to fly his own flag then, styled after his own distinctive scale colorization. When he put out the call to staff his stolen ship, the first two to sign up under his banner were Arko and Sonros, a Yosokian human, respectively. They became his first mates, as well as his eyes and ears in an ever-expanding crew. Smuggling, raiding, protection runs, the crew of the Dauntless did it all, save for that which Edris's personal code would not allow. And it was his personal code that put him at odds with his first mate, Sonros. The man was willing to go beyond in order to reap the profits for himself. After the Dauntless raided a corporate freebooter ship with medical supplies inbound for a colony on a small moon, Edris let the ship go, only stripping it for weapons and non-essential parts. Some of the crew members remained loyal to Edris during the mutiny that soon followed, but they were outnumbered. Sonros woke Edris in the dead of the night with a taser that incapacitated the young Besk. They threw Edris out on a frozen rock orbiting Liavara, called Hykax. Edris was stranded with few supplies. And he would have died if it were not for the colonists of Hygax, who had received supplies from the freebooter that the Dauntless let go. He eventually made his way off planet and has been working solo ever since. 
He's teamed up with the Starfighter Society to hunt bugs outside the pack system, taken on entire freight shipments himself on Akaton, and raided solar hotboxes himself. But his greatest feat was kidnapping a Magicka Pharma CEO. Lacresh systematically created a monopoly on Akaton as the single supplier of the Plagueis IV drug. This drug is a catch-all for the various negative conditions or diseases that can be caught by working the mines or deserts of Akaton. It is considered a staple for working families. Once Kresh's company became the sole provider, he more than doubled the price of the drug. This forced poor families to choose between food for a week or Kresh's overpriced drug. Edris kidnapped Lakresh and forced the CEO to resign by dangling him headfirst over a starved Kasarik, all while streaming the entire thing to the Infosphere. Vids of the freestyling Vex Corsair began to circulate on the Infosphere, and the myth of the Vesk pirate that saved the colonists of Hycax took down a greedy mining corporation supply train and made a pharma suit CEO P himself continues to be shared. People began to know his name, the Cavalier Vesk pirate, known as Edris Varanus. I hope you enjoyed this little bit of background uh, about Edris, and thank you for listening in. As always, bye guys.